0: I've got some slides that will come up in a second to help us in our understanding of, of the word today. But, um, but I want to talk about getting in the way of God. Getting in the way of God. We, um, we often, when we think of something being in the way, like you're driving and there's somebody in the way, or somebody on both sides that keep you from from crossing the lanes or whatever, we think of that often as an obstacle, or we think of it as a hindrance or an obstruction. There's somebody in the way that's keeping me from getting to where I need to go. That's a kind of a negative kind of approach. And what I'd like to do is, is, is twist that a little and, and, and think of it as God does something, when you're in his way. So, there's a, there's, so So let's look at it from a standpoint of it being a good thing. For instance, in the huddle, the quarterback has to determine where the ball is going to land. And the person who has to receive it has to be in the way, it's amazing, the better the, the quarterback is, And the receiver is, it's amazing how they just meet as as they should. And that receiver, to effectively receive the ball, to catch the ball, they've got to be in the way and, and make sure the other guy doesn't get it, make sure it doesn't fall on the ground, but it falls actually in his hands. Abraham's servant... When he found Rebekah, this is what he said. He was rejoicing, he was praising God, and he says this, I being in the way, comma, the Lord led me. And that's in Genesis 24, 27. So, so, so this idea, and, and, and Blackaby in his book does an incredible job. Don't get caught up with wondering what does God want me to do with my life, with my future, with a house to buy, a job to take. The bigger idea is to find out where God is at work. And then you find yourself in the same way that a quarterback wants to hit that guy and get him to catch the ball you want to be there because if God is literally in the way, now, this doesn't this sound simple? Doesn't it sound like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll do that. If you can ascertain that God is actually at work and God is doing something, get where God is. Not only is it safe for you because you're arriving at a conclusion, but you also get blessed by the blessing of those who are there and so um so that's kind of a a a way i want to approach this and i want to take you to a text that you are familiar with but i like to um to go into detail on these texts to try to put myself there and i find when i do bible study that the best way to make application is to, is to try to push myself in the story, whatever the story might be. So this is a narrative, this is a narrative, and it has to do with Zacchaeus. There are three participants in this story that I want you to identify with. One is Jesus, the other one is Zacchaeus, and the other one is the crowd, okay? So let's go to this first slide. And by the way, I'm, I'm going to preach a series of messages today. <laughs> That's called a nervous laugh. That's what that is. But I promise you, I don't consider myself a long preacher, but, uh, but you never know. Okay. Okay. So, message number one. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. Now, Jesus never simply passes through anywhere. Okay? And you almost feel... This is NIV, by the way. Some of you all are good with that. Others, you'll be good. Don't worry about it. It almost seems incidental that he's passing through jericho and so but we know that he is the son of god and he is he was always on mission there are a lot of a host of applications you can come out of this if you go home and read it and really let it sink in he was sent everywhere he showed up imagine if you were close enough to jesus to really be sure as best as you can be sure that wherever you end up is where God has sent you to be. Wouldn't that be something? You would have a different sense of confidence and of who you believe you are. Amen. Next slide. Application. Allow God to blossom you every place he plants you. This has to do with your obedience at every position and station in life. You know this. You've been there. You may still be there. But all of us know this. It is always better to look where you want to go and where you've come from and really to be at peace where you are is a gift. Because if you're at peace where you are, then you can blossom in the very unique way God has you to blossom. You may be away from family. You may be away from just your style of how you roll. But if God has you there and you have been assigned there, the probability of your blossoming and be, and becoming the person that God would have you to be goes up. It's amazing. And as soon as you can get to that place, then you can help others to stop dreaming about where you can get to. Stop thinking about what you don't have, the car that you don't have, the place that you don't have, the, the spouse that you may not think that you should have. Whatever it is, God doesn't make mistakes even when you are not thinking about him. You believe in the sovereignty of God, don't you? He can take a mess and turn it into something. That's message one. Next (laughs) message. That's not bad, right? You want to pass that on to anybody you know? (laughs) Just kidding, just kidding. Enter Zacchaeus. Okay, three, three um, participants in this story. One is Jesus, we just passed Jesus. The second one is Zacchaeus. A man was there, there were in Jericho name, uh, by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, He could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. Next slide. We know, we don't know a lot about everybody that Jesus encountered, but we know about this guy. We know that he was not a tall brother He was part of the crowd. He he, he was not part of the crowd, and he'd never seen Jesus. So now listen, all he wanted to do was get a look. He just wanted to see that there was a crowd following Jesus, and it's likely he knew something about Jesus. But what's an interesting, a curious um, contrast is, he was rich. He had it made, so to speak. Jesus, according to the societal standards, was really not a rich guy. And yet, this guy, Zacchaeus, he took from people and Jesus gave to people. And he, he had, Jesus had more folk around him than Zacchaeus could ever dream of. So now he's a business guy, and he's, he's just, um, you know how business people, they, think, they don't pray about stuff, they don't go back to their pastor, they just make themselves some decisions. So he wanted to check it out to see what is this guy all about. And he was encumbered because he couldn't get through the crowd. Application. You must push through so that nothing keeps you from seeing Jesus or being in his way. I see persistence in that. I don't see him saying, well, the door must be closed. You know, in our culture, um, we don't suffer much. Even when you're poor, you can get an EBT. We, we really don't, we, we're, we're kind of poor, but we're really not. And those of you who have been overseas, you know what it is to see people that have nothing. And isn't it interesting, those who have the least push the hardest to see Jesus. Isn't that interesting? So what I get from this second message is that... Um, There are encumbrances, there is busyness that you never expected would be. There are people around you that have a wonderful plan for your life. And they will push you to do what they want to do on their agenda. So what I am learning and I am still learning. This is amazing to me. I thought I would know by now. But I'm still learning that if I don't direct where I believe God is calling me to, do, to go, someone else will direct me in where they want me to go. That's a problem, y'all. That's a problem. And so if you have the temperament of being willy-nilly, I heard this story, Philip and I both heard this story, about this guy who would get in a car with his dog and wherever the dog looked, that's where he went. Now now listen, that's willy-nilly. I think I could say, ain't nobody up in here like that. I think. But some of y'all are close, and we need to save you. We need to save you. <laughs> but if you don't have a plan, listen, Zacchaeus, he had something within him that drove him. I really just want to get a look. He was not a Nicodemus. He didn't set up a way to get to Jesus and talk with him and get time with him and say, well, Jesus, tell me, where do all these people come from? How do you really do these miracles? That's not, this is not that story. This is a story of a guy who was out there and he was okay from what he was concerned with in his standard, but God was trying to get to him. I like meeting people like that. I assume, I I just assume in in the ministry that we do, and it's probably part of who I am, that God is already working in somebody's life that I talk to. So when I talk to them, I'm really trying to find out what's, I'm I'm listening, and I'm listening to, and I'm I'm really kind of, and this is serious, praying a little bit to just get a sense of what is God, where is this person on his journey? And then I like like to talk to people who think that I don't know what I'm talking about and their journey is the best journey and I just like to ask them questions. Because somewhere along the line, there's a conflict that they cannot solve. There's an issue that they can't get over. And so here here is Zacchaeus. He was the kind of businessman, which was, I think, typical, where he's just persevering. Inasmuch as he was, a, in, in, in the eyes of the community, a crook, he was a good businessman. You knew what he was doing? He was doing what he was doing, and he wanted to see Jesus, and that rolled into it. Okay, next slide. So Nicodemus went ahead of Jesus because of the crowd. I'm sorry, Zacchaeus. Thank you, Jane. (laughs) Nobody else knew, but Jane. (laughs) Just kidding, just kidding. I know you were paying attention, I know that. You know the story, Zacchaeus. So Zacchaeus ran, however far he ran, the text doesn't tell us how far he ran. He found a sycamore tree, as it says in the last slide, and he got up into that tree because that's where Jesus was coming. Now, now this is classic because he got in the way. Now, was he the only one up the tree? Don't know. Were others trying to figure this out? Don't know. But this is what we know. This is such a great narrative. When Jesus reached the spot come on somebody come on now y'all y'all don't do this do you (laughs) tony may i don't think philip does when god is in it galatians says in the fullness of time jesus did not come early or late y'all don't hear me I got a little Baptist in me. So don't push it. When Jesus reached the spot, what did he do? Now, he looked up. Now look, don't keep this in mind. Zacchaeus just wanted to see him. He wasn't setting up like Nicodemus. He wasn't, he, he wasn't gonna ask him anything. He I, I think if he saw him when the when the um the crowd was there, if somebody gave him a little space, that might have been okay. But don't forget, Jesus was on mission. He was appointed. And so when he got to the place where Nicodemus was, the text says. He looked up at him, and what, what Zacchaeus thought that he was going to do is just see him. Jesus does this. He kind of like some of our relatives. They invite you over their house. He invited himself over to his house. That's intimate. You see, when you come to my house, you find out what I'm like. When you sit, sit at my table, you find out how I eat. You find out some. you look at my walls, you find out my pictures, you look at my books, you see my books, you see what I read. When you come to my house, there is an intimacy that goes on a little deeper than in here. This is staged in a way. But if we, ha- but your small groups I understand, and I know what small groups act like, they act like they are family and they get real close. Now, you can get close in here, but there's only but so many people you can get close with, right? But don't let us go to your home, because then we get to know you. And Jesus knew that. So Zacchaeus, in verse 6, he came down at once, and he welcomed him gladly. I don't know if Zacchaeus knew that he would even welcome him. He was on the spot but you, I get a sense of his desire to get close to God and believe it or not, this guy that I couldn't even see is inviting himself over my house and he can come. Next slide. Zacchaeus just wanted to see him. Application, application. Give God the last word on what you will become. You hear me? You may have joined this church because you just, you just, you know somebody. You may have joined this church because you're in the neighborhood and it was close. You may have joined this church because you've heard the preaching. You say, that's pretty good. But I promise you, you do not know how far God will take you. And if in your heart you set a governor on how far you're going to go, you'll stay there. You will stay there. And people will read you and they won't ask you. Don't get me wrong, they'll be polite. Everybody's polite. But they know where to go with you. Can't go but so far. Can't go but so far. This has to do, I think, with spiritual depth. It has to do with God doing something in your life that you don't expect just like Zacchaeus. I just wanted to see you, Jesus. I, no, no, I don't know how my house is. You can't come to my house and he came and the text says Zacchaeus welcomed him gladly. Don't you like the way Luke did that? He could have just said he welcomed him, but he said gladly, yes, you can come, yes, you can come. Next line, message four. I think we're doing pretty good. The crowd. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Now listen, Zacchaeus probably was a sinner. He didn't get rich just because he had a good job. You know how it went. You negotiated with the state, and the state would determine how many how much taxes that you should, they should get from you, then you would go to the people, and if you could get a little more, you'll keep the change. And so the tax collector and the sinner was like an idiomatic expression. It was like, the, it's like Rich Barry, the tax collector and a sinner. The crowd followed Jesus and likely witnessed the miracles and heard heard, (laughs) sorry, his teaching, but were deeply deficient in life change. There's something about the crowd. It it, kind of rolls like lava. It's its own boss. The, the, The people in the crowd, they weren't changed. They were just following Jesus for whatever reason. We don't know what that reason was. But listen, it could have been that the, those in the crowd that were complaining and muttering, this is what they could have been saying. Jesus, why are you going to that sinner's house? And here we are, why didn't you come to our house? Why couldn't you, you we've been with you all this time kind of like the other brother and the prodigal son. We've been with you all this time and let you, and yet you don't give us the time of day that you've given him. So however long this muttering went on, whatever it meant, next slide. Here is what I would say about the crowd. Fight the propensity to show up and perform. There is no spiritual life in just performing as a church member. Okay? You can do all the right thing. I said to this one brother one time, I said, do you know I could go to your church, join your church, live in sin, and nobody would know it. Because nobody is asking. Nobody is helping to the level where I feel uncomfortable but I know I'm being loved. Do you know there are some people, you know this, that love you more than you love yourself. They're trying to help you to stay in the guardrails. And yet because we're so caught up in who we believe we are, we communicate, I got it from here. And you don't got it from here. You really don't. Listen, I don't have it from here, and I've been doing it a lot longer than most of you. And I realize, God, there is so much room for me to grow and discover. I think what happens is Christians can get in a a rut for so long, they just perform... And they have no imagination about what God could do. It's just, you're not thinking beyond where you are. And I think the crowd is like that. The crowd is not authentic. They're just busy. They're following Jesus, so to speak. Okay, message five. Now, you, you have to, to envision that Zacchaeus is entertaining Jesus. He has a house. He's at the house, and the servants are probably around, and, 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 and they are talking, and Jesus is doing what Jesus does. Jesus is teaching, sure enough. He's laying it down. I don't think Jesus is trying to make him feel guilty I think Jesus is just telling him about the love of God and how you could be a changed person. He's talking about something because somewhere along the line, and this is how I picture it, Zacchaeus stood up while Jesus was preaching and said to the Lord, look, Lord, it's kind of like, hold it. This is what I think he said. I got it. This is not about just seeing Jesus. This is about changing my life. So he says, look, Lord, here and now, I give, I give half. Now, some of you all can figure this out. I'm, I'm, I'm not good at real math, but this is what he said. I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody, he's still going, y'all. Anyone, cheating anyone out of anything, that's like everybody, you know he did, I will pay it back how many times? What's he got left? I don't know. One of your theologians or teachers or somebody needs to get some time with me. But listen, something that Jesus said, the light came on for this guy. And here's what I think happened. I think Jesus dealt at the heart of his problem because his response was, I got it, Jesus. I am going to give back. He didn't talk about, well, I'm going to stop smoking. I'm going to stop drinking. He says, no, no, that's not my problem. I'm not tempted with that. I am tempted with greed. And it so happens, next slide, what happens is Jesus wanted him to, wanted to transform him. The decision made to give away his money went to the heart of who he was. I think the aha moment, I think the aha moment is when we're working through scripture, we're working through Bible study, it may be a message, it may even be time with somebody, and the light comes on. And it just hits us. It's a a discovery. It's a revelation. I get it. Conversion, transformation, those terms don't have to do with just your loving Jesus and asking him to forgive you of your sin. It's more than that. It's when you deal with the deepest part of your personal hang-up. And God says, and God says, I can change that. A good buddy of mine, a bishop, he's got a number of churches. He, he, one of the messages he gives has to do with the Great Commission when Jesus said, uh, follow me and I will make you fishes of men. And he stops at, follow me, I will make you. And he says, and I quote, everybody wants to be made something. You didn't join here just because it's a great place to come at 10.30 on Sunday morning. There's something, I'll bet you, there's something in your soul that may be challenging you, that causes you to say, God, I need you to make me something. I know me more than anybody else. I want to be made something. Zacchaeus. He had a reputation. And it was real. That's my conviction. And God knew it. This wasn't about the crowd, Zacchaeus. This is about you. And I want to make you something. Next line. Application. Give God permission to enter into the deepest spaces of your life in order to touch the wounds that seem impossible to be healed. Come on, somebody. Turn your troubles into trophies. Zacchaeus didn't say, I'm just going to throw my money away. That wouldn't make him a giver. A thief only stops becoming a thief when he or she gives. It's the opposite to, to taking. I think it has to do with wholeness and calling. It has to do with wholeness and calling. Now I want to I want to end this with a, with a story that I experienced last week. Um, and it has to do with this last idea. I met a brother who was involved in a ministry of compassion, doing a, a good work in a part of the city. He told me, and, and, and I often do this when I get with people, especially the first time, and it was the first time, I said, well, tell me your story. Wherever you want to start, tell me your story. People like to tell their story, I want to hear it. He told me about his call to ministry. and He said some years ago, his 74-year-old grandfather wanted to start a church up north in his... Um, needy community. So he says, as I listened to this and it got around the family, he said, I thought he was too old. I thought the neighborhood was too dangerous and that he should not start a church. Maybe somebody else should start it. At the time, my friend was a nominal Christian. So he said, I went up to see my grandfather and to give him this story. So he says they were walking around the community and he was trying to get enough nerve to say to his grandfather, Pops, you need to do something else. This is is dangerous. He said about the time he was about, maybe I don't wanna make it too dramatic. He just wanted to do it. But at one point in his conversation with his grandfather, This woman came running up to his grandfather. She was a prostitute, and she was bloody and teary because somebody had beat her up. He said, I watched my grandfather just take his handkerchief and wipe her face. He says, I was unable to contain myself. He said, my granddad gave dignity to this woman, wiped her face. And whatever happened after that, I don't know, but this is what happened to him. He is right now in the ministry of compassion that he does because of that one experience. I don't know if his grandfather even knows that. It could even, I don't know if he's still alive. I don't know if he could put that together but it touched my soul so much. I said, my goodness, what does it mean to get to the point where Zacchaeus got to, where he was so alive with what God wanted him to do, that whatever it took, he did it. This was a 74-year-old man, but he had heard from God, and when that guy that I know, came face to face with his incredible compassion. It never left him. How far could God take us if we got in the way? How, how, you know, and I don't know what the quote way is for you. That's, that it's, it, it would be improper for me to try to push you into my way. I'm learning what my way is. And it is profound that God has still got me on a learning curve. I, I, just, I just figured I'd, I'd, be, um, I'd be okay, you know? Do a little ministry a little bit. Go down to EPC, do a little stuff down there. Come back home. Go to my church. I then would become just like what I'm saying I'm critical of because I'd step out of the way when God says while, when the text says while I was yet in the way God did what he did. As we pray this is not a come forward prayer uh, time necessarily It's not a Time for you to confess that that's not what I have in mind, at least. I think what I have in mind is that whatever part of Zacchaeus's life touches your soul, do business with that. And then write it down and put it somewhere where you can review it every day for the next two weeks. You follow what I'm saying? Whatever God does or says to you from the word today, make a commitment to get in the way, whichever God says to get in the way, write it down, put it somewhere where you can reference it for the next 10 days. And say, God, thank you for the grace of still giving me some room to grow.